Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face masks and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Carrie the Mokne. I'm CL Kita. I'm K-Muse. And I'm K-Drama Jen. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have monthly episodes we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. It's a great place to chat with us about recent dramas and what we'll be watching. The link is going to be in the show notes. All right. So today we are going to talk about webtoons and novel adaptations. As you know, a lot of times um, we will be watching something and sometimes we already know that it's based on a webtoon or a novel. Sometimes we don't. But I know that I personally, and this is CL Kita, I have been hooked on Chinese novel to drama adaptations lately. Um, so we were talking about what we should record, and we thought, hey, what about looking at the best and potentially not best um, webtoon and novel adaptations? So the first question is, what is the difference between novels and webtoons when it comes to drama adaptations? Um, I think one of the biggest differences is usually Chinese dramas use novels as their inspiration. It's almost like super rare that you won't find a novel behind a drama. Um, and then webtoons are very popular in K-drama adaptations. Um, yeah. <laughs> I will let you guys expand. <laughs> so so the thing about a, a novel is, of course, it's a book. It's typically an online serialized book that the story will follow pretty close. Whereas a webtoon, um, it's more of a comic book style. So that's kind of all I've got there. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> We're just full of information. You know, I really, I don't know if I can add too much to this just because um, I do tend to watch a lot of Chinese dramas that have, that are uh, a novel adaptation. But usually what happens is I get into the drama and then I run out of subs. And so I go and like, furiously try to find the novel. Um, now, I don't tend to do that with the Korean dramas that are based on webtoons uh, because I don't know why. I guess um, most of the most of the Chinese dramas that I'm watching have that kind of like cracktastic kind of feel to them. And so I just feel like I, I can't stop myself. I have to go find like what happened. Um, and I don't really always get that same feeling with the Korean dramas, so it's not such a big deal. Um, so I guess I can talk for sure about, you know, what is appealing to me about the, the novel adaptations, but when it comes to webtoons, I've watched a lot of dramas based on webtoons, um, but I think the main difference really is Korean dramas tend to be based on webtoons and Chinese dramas tend to be based on the novels. And I would say maybe also there's a difference in cinematography a little bit. And I'm not as experienced in this. I think I've seen two Chinese dramas that I'm aware of that are based on novel novels. 
And then plenty of K-dramas, more K-dramas than I realized that are based on webtoons. But when I think about it, the webtoon-based dramas seem a little brighter in their colors and their cinematography. And the ones adapted from novels don't have that. They have the feeling of just kind of a more, not sedate, it's just it feels more like a regular TV show rather than, than a little more vibrant. That's a really good point, actually, because thinking about even like the the hairstyles and that kind of thing, they tend to have more of that, I don't know, sort of like anime-inspired um, look to them. I'm just, I'm actually thinking back to like Boys Over Flowers and some of the early um, webtoon adaptations. So what are the pros and cons of not all, not all, novel adaptations I think, um, I'm sorry, of Webtoons. Webtoons. <laughs> what are the pros and cons of Webtoons? Um, I'm jumping ahead of myself here. So I think for me, the the pros of a Webtoon are it's a good story. Um, typically, it's a very popular story, something catchy, something that people have been reading and they want to see. Um, they want to see a drama made out of it. But the cons are you have an image in your mind from the webtoon, and if the drama doesn't live up to the image you have in the webtoon, it's pretty disappointing. The hair color's wrong. The, the body type is wrong. The setting is wrong. It, there's a lot of opportunity for disappointment there. So I think that... Um I agree with you on the webtoon piece. Um, I guess, as I've said, I didn't even realize many of the dramas that I was watching were based on webtoons because I don't watch a lot of webtoons. Um, but what I have found is that when they have a really big following and then the um, people try to adapt it to a drama, then we end up uh, sometimes getting a lot of fan uh, influence over the direction of the drama, for example. Um, and so I do think that that's a con. The pro, though, is that it does tend to be a vetted storyline. So there tends to be some kind of, um, at least the plot does tend to have a vetted storyline. There is that, but sometimes people get ahead of themselves, and I know we'll talk about it later, but like the biggest example is Cheese in the Trap when they adapted the webtoon before it was finished, and so they took the story in a direction that the writer didn't intend. And I think that's a downside to webtoons because I'm sure that's not the only one where they're trying to anticipate where the storyline is going. And between that and the fan influence, like you mentioned, that it undermines the integrity of the story and just it doesn't go in a solid place that the reader maybe wouldn't have anticipated. Because if there's one thing I appreciate about plots of any kind, it's a twist. And if somebody is writing a story and I'm allowed to influence it, there's no longer a twist because people people tend to take the path of least resistance, as it were. Because, so, you know, that's what they want to see. They want to see their version of a happy ending. One thing I do like about Webtoons is that it gives the writer a lot of creativity on what they're writing about. A lot of time we'll get a lot more in-depth characters than just a fluffy drama. Like they'll have um, 
like mental issues, which a lot of times dramas won't touch on unless it is based on a webtoon or there's some really good serial killer ones out there and there's some good romance ones too. But I think it gives us a lot more variety in what we get in a drama story than we maybe did 10 years ago. And so I do like that we're getting a lot more creativity and uh, thought in what type of characters should be there. You don't get all of the, just the typical second leads and the typical romances anymore. And so I really like that in webtoons. Um, again, the con, as some people said, uh, sometimes just a lot of input from fans, like this isn't working, this isn't going well, we don't like this character, we don't like this actor as that character, um, and it can shift the drama if it's in the process of being filmed as they're airing it. So, You make a good point, though, that with webtoons there is that more that greater flexibility to break out of the standard storytelling tropes i do appreciate that so what are the pros and cons of novel adaptations and i can say for myself the certainly the pro is um Again, that you have a lot of really great story to work with. So I do really enjoy a lot of the richness of uh, Chinese dramas, especially the fantasy dramas that are based on novels. Um, they do a lot of really great world building within their, um, you know, with, within the way that they wrote it. And so that does transfer over to... Um, to the screen often that they've just given a lot of attention to detail. And I find that in those novels, um, the novel adaptations that they then carry over into the actual dramas. Um, and I think the con is the con for any time that you take a book and try to put it on film. And that's simply that if you've really, if you've read the book and you've really enjoyed the book, then, you know, it just can't quite live up to what you imagined. Um, so those are my main pros and cons. And I think mine are similar with the pros with novels. And I've only read two Chinese novels that I'm aware of, but they add, um, there's just a richness to the drama because there's so much more detail. And like you said, wor world building. And so it brings a greater richness to the story that they're telling. But then again, the con is, like you said, you can't, like well, like Harry Potter is something that comes to mind. After the third movie, you just you can't put every detail on the screen. And if you're a faithful fan of the novel, that could be really frustrating. Or you just learn to view learn to view them as two separate products rather than uh, two things that must reflect each other. Um, so. one thing. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's my turn, right? Yeah, it's you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, one thing I've noticed from watching Chinese um, novel to drama adaptations is not always, but a lot of time with the romance, there's a lot of those college romances that come out that are super popular. You know what I'm talking about. Um, mm -hmm. And they tend to get very formula, which isn't a bad thing if that's what you like, but sometimes 
I'd like some different types of characters or I'd like some different ideas. I think that a lot of times with the Chinese novels, especially in those modern era stories, it's very samey. A lot of the characters are very non-multi-layered. Um, and I can, I get bored after a while, after if I watch a bunch of them in a row, because it's same old, same old. And so it's a little frustrating from yeah, my standpoint. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, don't I have... love you. <laughs> I, so, yeah. Um, it can be. A lot of the ones that actually make it to drama adaptations um, are very similar. And, like, right now, I started a drama that is part of a little novel family and they're all very similar. Um, so that is, I think a con in a way because you, it's just regurgitating the same thing. It feels like, but I do think that good writing can shine through. And if you have someone like Guman who wrote um, Love O2O and Shan Shan Comes to Eat, then you have an author that their books deserve to be made into a drama or a movie. Um, it's, it's really just, you just don't know. But right now what's popular are those teenage romances that are all set in the same school with the same uniform and you have to stop really close and look and see who the actor is to see if you're watching a new show or an old show. <laughs> well, so it, true. It, well, I started a whole bunch of Chinese dramas during the quarantine and it's like every single time it's like stoic guy with a secret need to be taken out of his shell meets spunky girl who's kind of short and short hair and spunky and, and, it's just share, like, and shares the desk with him. Yeah, of course. It's, it's like just I love a spunky girl. I love a stoic guy, but there's <laughs> nothing beyond that other than sometimes one won't be a veterinarian um, student, <laughs> student of veterinarian. <laughs> They're all and doctors of some I sort. <laughs> I know. It's so it's just kind of like, you know, I would kind of like to have a story where they're like at home, slice of life or something, just something to break it up a little. But mm -hmm. that's not what we're getting right now. But that's fine. <laughs> or flip it and have a stoic girl and a puppy guy and get her out of her show. But anyway. Yeah. We should totally write a drama. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so why do we see more novels adapted in China versus webtoons in Korean television? I didn't know that this was a thing, so y'all are going to have to talk about that. <laughs> well, I think a lot of it is just this is the format that China allows as novels. Um, there is a lot of state regulation on all entertainment and media that comes out of China, so unfortunately, they do have to stick to a very specific style. And I think this is the kind of writing a novel won't get them in trouble, where if they kind of get creative or anything in a webtoon, then it goes a little different. Um, most of the, I'm sure there's other style webtoons in China, but the few that I've seen have all been fantasy. Um, 
And I just think that maybe the government interference has something to do with that. That's just an assumption. I don't know if it's really true, but I'm assuming it is. It could also be that novels are finished and most webtoons aren't. Um, it could be very simply that, you know, you have a, an online novel and it's easier to wait for 30 chapters to be written than 30 um, webtoons, you know, 30 episodes of a webtoon. Um, that, that could be it. Um, it. It could also be that webtoons, not very many of them break through to the public. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think that webtoons in Korea are just extremely popular, and so I think that it um, that it's just natural that the webtoons then became dramas, um, and I just think that that's culturally part of sort of the evolution of dramas. That's sort of I mean a lot of the early ones started um, with that kind of webtoon background, so. Um, and then, of course, novels in China are, are, I don't know, actually, I don't know why um, webtoons are not as popular there, or if they are, actually, there are some, um, and many of them are not as mainstream, I think, and so they get adapted into dramas, but um, more like bromance dramas, so there's uh, a whole line of BL webtoons that then have been changed over into Chinese dramas that have a bromance line instead. Um, and so uh, so it's not necessarily that, that webtoons are not popular in China or anything. It's just that um, certainly I think the history in Korea is that many dramas came from that webtoon background. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, it's my turn. <laughs> Uh, violence and extreme behavior in webtoons is translating into a changing drama acceptance. Um, I think we can see this in some of the dramas that have come out this last year. One example that comes to mind is Hell is Other People, which is a very graphically violent um, webtoon that was actually made into a drama that was very violent. And that's something that I think we haven't seen very often through the censors in the past. Um, how do we feel about this? Well, I am going to let my fellow fangirls talk about it because I don't do historicals and I don't do violence. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I guess thinking about uh, webtoons in particular, um, like way back to like Boys Over Flowers, um, there were things that were acceptable in webtoons um, that I don't find, I think they translated into dramas back then much more directly. Um, and now I do see that I think that more modern focus tends to be put in the dramas so that uh, like some of the more like cartoonish violence doesn't really seem as evident in the dramas today in the ones that I'm watching, but I guess hell is other people is, is the opposite of that. So, um, so I'm not sure that, that we can say that across the board, that this is, this is the situation because I do think it goes both ways. 
Well, and for me, because I'm still a relatively new drama watcher, and I started with Goblin, and if you all recall, the first hour of Goblin, or even just the first 20 minutes, that was a bloodbath. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a close thing. I almost turned it off, and then I was like, well, you know what, I'll just, I want to see what happens after this. And, you know, very grateful that I did, because it led me to this point here. But, so, to me, violence has always been a part of certain kinds of K-dramas. It's definitely more extreme, like I've heard about Hell is Other People. I've heard of Rugal, which is apparently pretty violent. There were even parts of Fiery Priest that I was just like, whoa, that went far. So to me, I to me, violence in K-dramas is the norm. Or at least is more normal. But I don't have the same experience that y'all do with the older dramas. Well, you may not have that experience, but we'll get you there eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see. So what happens when the webtoon doesn't have an ending or they choose to create a different story than the webtoon? For example, cheese in the trap. Oh my gosh. Uh. I was furious with this drama. <laughs> Skip beat, which I couldn't even watch. And orange marmalade. It, I, that's almost the drama that, that dare not be spoken with me because it was so good. And then what just happened? And that's it. So what do we do whenever we have those, uh, what just happened moments with these dramas? Are you answering yourself or do you want me to try to answer that? Cause I really don't know. I mean, I would say that, um, that you can feel the difference, I think. Um, and often those are the dramas that feel like they feel unfinished to me. Like, um, like they don't yes. have a very good ending um, because, well, they don't. They're pulling it together at the last minute and trying to pull all the threads into one little package and it just doesn't work. Or they're, as I'd said before, they're responding to, you know, what the public is saying on social media and that type of thing. Um, and so that's when they are not finished, but then when they just go a completely different direction, <clears throat> orange marmalade, um, I think that it's just frustrating if you enjoyed the webtoon and then you're expecting that it's going to be very similar and then they, they choose to go a different direction, especially if it's a, a direction that, that doesn't add, to, you know, anything to the drama. I'm not somebody who... Um, needs it to be exact because I do think that there's some creative license there. And I think that when you move from, you know, uh, novel to film or webtoon to, to drama or whatever it is, I think that, you know, you need to have some room for artistic uh, changes. But if it's something that just doesn't work, then I just find it frustrating. And I will stand by the point I made earlier that the original writer should be the one that completes the story because they have the vision and they will take the story in places we don't expect, but that can really be a good ride. Not 100% of the time, but that's why I'm all for the original writer fin finishing the webtoon or the story. Well, we're focusing on webtoons. The webtoons before the drama is made because like She's in the Trap was my first example of a webtoon that just, that, <clears throat> that was, um, made into a drama and the way it ended so horribly, it took me a long time before I could watch a drama based on a webtoon again, because I was so frustrated and so angry and it took me a while to realize that there are actually good adaptations out there. 
Uh, for me, it's it can make all the difference. Again, uh, cheese in the trap. I really like the concept, but this is definitely an example where the fans started forcing the writers to go in certain directions because they didn't like certain actors or they didn't like this person getting more screen time than another person. And it was just a mess. And so um, on top of the a little bit frustration just with the story, I think I was equally frustrated with all of the netizens and the fans and all this stuff. And it gave me a very negative vibe about the whole situation that I haven't been able to get past to today. Oh my Um, gosh, me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, wasn't just the story. It was the whole experience was ruined by all of this outside influences. Um, And for Skip Beat, it is one of my favorite mangas of all time it is such a good story one of my favorite writers but the fact that it's not done you can't do the story justice because it just has to stop like in mid action and so i found that very frustrating with the anime as well as the taiwanese um drama adaptation of that one and of course orange marmalade was an amazing story in the webtoon i don't think there's any reason why it had to be switched around and all new stuff written that didn't coincide and it's not that i hated the stuff that was written you know it is what it is but the main story that was the original was so good that i was very disappointed not to see it brought to life um in any version because they just took out huge chunks of it and created a whole different storyline. And so I have to admit, I was very disappointed with that kind of stuff. So in my opinion, unless it's done, I don't really want an adaptation of a story. I just think that most times they do not work out well. Um, Whether it's the author wants a different ending than the way they're going to end the story, which has happened before. Uh, They don't want to give away the ending of their webtoon because they want people to still read and see what's going to happen. So it's just really frustrating when they're adapting stuff that's not finished, stuff that's not complete, stuff that they have to change. So I just find it frustrating all around. Well, so one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is that with Chinese dramas, there are often regulations in China that when things move from print to drama or film, there are, because of censorship and um, just in general, some regulations that they have, sometimes things get uh, changed to make it more acceptable. And so, for example, and it's interesting because it can kind of depend on the time of year as well. And and how strict the government is being, um, and from year to year. And so there was a, a, a while there where there was a, they basically anything that had aliens in it, they removed, uh, they were no longer calling them aliens. Or um, certain things I mentioned before, like a, a BL webtoon that now is a bromance. Um, things like, um, you know, the, at certain times, glorifying certain pe- periods in history, um, th- that's, you know, a piece of the adaptation process. So I guess our question is, do you think it takes away from the story 
when there is this kind of regulation and change. And so for me, um, I have to think of it as almost like a separate story so that I can just fully enjoy it. Um, sometimes there's things like uh, very clearly in a novel, it's it's like a time travel situation or something. But then in the on the drama, you know, it, it's not. And so you could have this person with very modern ideas, but um, they've decided to remove that. And I don't know if that's a regulation piece or if it was just artistic choice. But um, so anyway, for me, I have found that as long as I can separate it, then I can still enjoy it. And for me, I've seen um, there's a couple of modern Chinese dramas where the prop what I call propaganda has been pretty heavy. You know, just a very deep love for the country that's expressed. And it's almost a little bit corny or cheesy. But then I actually, I watched Jackson Wong play uh, soccer with James Corden. It was just this little segment on James Corden's Late Show. And after Jackson had won the won their little competition, he ran around yelling, China, China. I was like, oh. So maybe people in China are just more patriotic than people in America. I'm <laughs> no, that's all the government <laughs> <laughs> and Jackson, <laughs> or maybe he's doing some. Anyway, but I just I decided to take a step back and just kind of okay, yeah, it's in there and it feels heavy-handed and it probably wouldn't show up that way in an American show. But I'm going to take it as a cultural difference and just kind of let it be separate because that's just how their stories are told and that's okay because I still like the story. Um, for me, I agree. You have to step back from it. And it definitely, anytime you're watching one where they're throwing the communist ideals out at you, like a book to the head, you know? Um, and that's fine because I mean, in the U S shows, it's very patriotic, blah, blah, blah. So it's not like we don't do the same thing. Um, I do find it, I think the ones that bug me the most are when they start changing history to suit the Chinese agenda. Um, like, they'll randomly say, well, we can't have the emperors be too charismatic because, you know, unless they're promoting Chinese ideals, that's not acceptable. So they'll kind of throw in some communist concepts into the <laughs> historicals which is kind of like yeah that's not how that would actually go um so it is a little distracting i just take it story by story but i do have to admit occasionally i'm distracted and i roll over the obvious changes that were forced to be made so i'm going to say that yes it takes away from the story when you pretty much cherry pick the parts that you want from a story and then mishmash them together, it makes it really confusing. I've made it a point that if I know there's a book, if I know there's a novel for a Chinese show that I'm watching, I'm going to go and read the book because otherwise you're watching it and you're like, well, why did they do that? That, that doesn't make sense. And it's because they've pulled something out of the main story that, um, you know, aliens or a relationship, or they've upplayed one part and downplayed another. Um, 
and it just doesn't fit. And it, it kind of goes back to when a story's unfinished. It makes it feel unfinished. When you have a story that you can tell they've changed a lot of things drastically and they've tried to make it fit, it's, you know, round hole, square peg. Doesn't work well. That makes sense. Um, all right, so, but then let's talk about our favorite Chinese dramas that are based on novels. And I'm going to steal two of Layla's because she made me read them as we were watching these dramas together. So uh, there's Go Go Squid, which it was, I would say the adaptation was pretty faithful and it was a fun story and it was a fun drama. And I just, so I really enjoyed the experience of both. And then Le Coup de Food, um, that one, like the novel was almost more addicting than a drama just because the way it was written was really unexpected to me. It was almost stream of consciousness, but clear enough to understand the storyline. And yes. the drama mostly follows it, but I was really glad I had read the novel because it gave me a deeper understanding of what was going on. And I just, I love them both. In fact, Lakuta Food is on my rewatch list and my rewatch list is very short. So that that's a high honor there. Just saying. So one that I am absolutely loving and I am excited. It has two more seasons coming, which is a good thing. Although it'll be like the next four years having to wait. It feels like, you know, a Star Wars trilogy or something. Um, Joy of Life, which is a giant novel, which I actually plan to start. So I haven't started it yet, but I've heard that there's a lot of things that are the same, a lot of things that are shifted around a little. I look forward to experiencing that, and I look forward to the next two seasons, which hopefully, if they're the same as the first season, will be fabulous. Um, So I like that one. And then Boston Me is one of the first dramas that I watched as a Chinese drama and I that was based on a book, and I read the book. And it was so enjoyable, and it so stayed true to the feel of the novel, and I could not be happier watching or reading that story. So I highly, that's definitely up there in the top for me. That's the other name for Shan Shan, right? Shan Shan Yeah, Shan Shan goes, yeah. Comes complete, yes. So Shan Shan, Boston Me, uh, oh my gosh, that one, I think... I don't remember if all of you guys made me watch it or, or what, but that was one of the first Chinese dramas that I watched that I just was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Um, but I've also recently, I really enjoyed Put Your Head on My Shoulder. Um, and I loved Love O2O, but I really liked the movie. I've, we've done... Um, blog posts about this the movie and the drama really should have had like a mishing a mishmashing of the cast because um i liked certain actors and actresses from each one that i feel should have acted together um but i feel like they were pretty true to the stories and i also want to say that um there's a movie out and it's called better days and it's based on the youthful you who was so beautiful and I love that one. That's, that's my little right now. Um, So for me, I, I really got into uh, 10 miles of peach blossoms, um, eternal. That has the same title as that other one. So eternal love, right? 10 miles of peach blossoms. 
And I remember that I was watching it and watching it and watching it. And then I, I, I couldn't wait. Um, and so I did end up um, looking up the novel. And it, I think it was on Amazon because I ended yeah. up buy, buying it. I did too. Um, and uh, reading it. And it really helped because I needed a fix during that time. And so, um, so I actually really did like that adaptation of that novel. Um, it was just really well done. The world building, all of that. It was just awesome. And then, of course, we just finished uh, Three Lives, Three Worlds. Um, and I think there's a book for that as well. There is. So I think I'm going to have to read that. Yeah, I definitely think I'm going to have to read that. So So what are our favorite K-dramas based on webtoons? Um, for me, I loved Missing. Uh, if you, it's a little... I can't believe it's been so long since that aired, but it's been, what, like five, six years? But it's one of the more notable webtoons that got transferred into a drama. And it, the drama was actually written by the, um, the actual author. So it stayed really sincere to the concept and the vibe of the webtoon. And it's just an amazing drama all around. Um, I highly recommend it. And then also um, a little bit on the other side with a little bit something more fluffier is Moonlight Drawn by Clouds with um, Park Bogum, which is just an adorable adaptation of a webtoon. The webtoon's cute. The story is cute. Everything's cute. And I really loved it. So those are my two suggestions. I had um a couple of them my favorite um based on a webtoon is probably flower boy next door so fluffy and it's the first time that park shanae actually kissed somebody and didn't look like she was dying um <laughs> i also um my cousin is the one that got me started watching k-dramas and we watched Mary stayed out all night. And so that one's kind of special to me because it's one of my cousin's favorites. Um, and are we stopping at two or can I do three? Go for it. <laughs> all right. And to the beautiful you. Um, I loved to the beautiful you. It was, it was a fun gender bender and um, you know, it's an older one. And if you haven't watched it, it's, not stellar, but it's cute. <laughs> it's, it's one of those that's like very that dated, but super yes. cute. Yes. And there's a couple of plot holes that you could drive a truck through, but that's okay. Yeah, you know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's still cute. Like, I still loved it all the way through. Uh, let's see. So for me, I would say it's interesting because I don't always know if what I'm watching has been adapted from a webtoon or not. Um, but just some more recent ones. Um, I watched Love Alarm. That was that was a really recent one, like just this year. Um, and that was it's sort of in process. So I think we're going to be getting another season. Um, but it's um, has Kim Sohyun in it. And, um, oh my gosh, no, I can't remember who else was in it. But anyway, 
it was it was short. It was cute. Um, uh, who was it? Who was it? the other? Who was the male? Does anyone remember? One of the newbie actors. I don't remember. Yeah, it was who. really it was cute. But anyway, the idea behind it is that I mean, it feels like it came from a webtoon, and so clearly it did. But um, it's the idea that there's this app that a will, love alarm. Yes, love alarm. Did I say what did I say? You said love alarm. I just, I'm like two beats behind. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was like, what did I say instead? Um, anyway, it's uh, it, they have this app, and then um, you can tell who likes you because your app will go off if there's somebody who likes you within a, like 10 meters or something like that. Um, so it was a Netflix show, and it was actually really cute. So I am looking forward to seeing the rest of it. And then the other one was one that was popular last year, um, which is um, my ID is Kangnam Beauty. Um, and that came from a webtoon as well. And that was really cute. It was, again, we made fun of some of the acting, although I will say that that particular actor has redeemed himself in my eyes after seeing him in Rookie Historian. So, um, yeah, those are the two that I would say that I've watched recently that I know have been based on webtoons. And when I was doing research for this podcast, I was actually a little bit surprised because I loved her private life and what's wrong with Secretary Kim. And not just because they're Parkman Young dramas, but that did help. But they're both based on webtoons. And looking back, like now I can see it. I could see just some of the reactions and stuff are a little more cartoonish. And then um, also Feel Good to Die, which is just over the top comedy and with killing him off in various ways, like a coffee cup to the head, that kind of thing. I should have known it was based on a webtoon, but anyway, just those are three of my favorites that are, favorite K dramas that are based on a webtoon. Okay, so what about our least favorite adaptations? I think pretty much all of us are going to be able to say "Cheese in the Trap." Um, mm-hmm. It, yeah, um, but I am a huge. Goo Man fan, and I loved Shan Chan Comes to Eat. I loved Love O2O. And Silent Separation is one of my favorite books that she's written, one of my favorite novels. And I did not like the drama at all. I felt yeah. like it was miscast. I felt like the pacing was off. It was horrible. The casting was really bad. It was like just watching paint dry. <laughs> oh, it was it was really bad. Yeah. But again, I read the book first and I was looking forward to it. And again, it was just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's again, I never know what, what's based out of Webtoon and what's not. But it's interesting because um, a show that I remember, I just didn't. I didn't like the pacing of it. I didn't like the, I don't know, I just felt like it was a little too over the top, um, was Playful Kiss. Sorry, but <laughs> way back. I know a lot of people love it, but um, it's just not my favorite. I don't, the, the Korean version especially, I never really um, enjoyed that. Um, so I would say that's probably my choice for least favorite. Um, but again, I don't have, I don't really know because um, I don't really read a lot, watch a lot of webtoons. So 
Um, I'm really just basing it on which dramas didn't quite feel right to me. That's fair. Yeah, and I'm not going to try to beat up on Cheese on the Trap anymore. Just it was an early experience and I'm scarred for life. So, but also I read that Bride of the Water God was also an adaptation and a lot of the fans were really upset with how it was handled. Apparently it deviated almost completely from the storyline. The only resemblance was the title and the names of the characters. So I'm tempted to actually go hunt that one down and see because Bride of the Water God initially I was fascinated because it looked like something that was similar to Goblin except I mean from the trailers it looked like something that was similar to Goblin and then the drama itself just was a huge disappointment and so I want to go back and find the webtoon and just see what the differences are and see if I like the webtoon um I also put Bride of the Water God I think it just really the mix of directing and the cast it just really did not work well It felt very forced. Um, And then I'm going to say Orange Marmalade because, again, I didn't 100% hate the drama, but I loved the webtoon so much. I stayed up to like 4 a.m. binging that thing. It was such a fun story, and I was just so disappointed that the story of the webtoon wasn't the thing that was told. And it just, again, kind of like... Bride of the Water God, it kind of used some of the concepts and the names and then deviated. And so I was very disappointed. And so that's definitely up there on mine. Well, I'm interested in hearing if any of our listeners have any recommendations. I know we've went through and talked about our favorites and least favorites, but I'm really interested in trying out more webtoons. So if any of our listeners have recommendations for really good webtoons, even if the drama wasn't very good, um, I would love to hear what they have to say. Yes, me too. Right? And on that note, thank you for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. And if there is a specific actor or a theme you'd like us to discuss, then just let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say, and we want to share it with you. And talking is so much faster than typing. 